Okay. Ja? Hello, and welcome to Demon Daddies. Seventeen. Seventeen. Seventeen again. Again. Not familiar. That's okay. Um, tonight we're talking about the haunting of Hill House. Um, in all of its different uh, incarnations. Incarnations. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. All but the very, or all but the movie from the sixties. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Okay. I guess. <laughs> uh, I don't feel like it. But um, we just finished the Netflix show last night. Yeah. So if you haven't watched The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, but like have any interest in doing so, like, I don't know, like fast forward or something. This is the spoiler zone. <laughs> well, I figured actually what we would do is just kind of go through it chronologically. Like with the, oh, yeah. talk about the story and then kind of get to it. And so, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And I mean... Should we be spoilery? We could be not spoilery. Yeah, that's fine. I guess. Well, no, we can... Welcome to the Ali Jafar show. No, we'll... we'll, Ali Jafar. We'll just put that shit at the end. Yeah. So... Yeah, we'll just talk about the show last. Yeah, we'll talk about the show last. So let's just talk about what it was at first. Yes. Which was a A perfect... Oh, a book. (laughs) A perfect book. (laughs) A perfect novel by Shirley Jackson. Yep. Who I'm obsessed with. Yeah. Fucking obsessed. Yeah. Shirley Jackson is one of the greatest writers of all time. Yeah. The Haunting of Hill House is one of the greatest books of all time. A lot of people call it the scariest book ever written. Yeah. I read that a lot today. Well, so I reread it and you're rereading it. Uh-huh. Um, it's really, really fucking good. Shirley Jackson has like always been one of my favorite authors. I read this book when I was really young um, and I've just like always loved it. Yeah, it's interesting rereading it because it makes you realize how different it is from anything else in the horror genre. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really just a really well-written drama about four people Yeah, that has a supernatural element. Um, And I think it's executed perfectly, which is what I think frames all the adaptations of it. Because it seems that, and we'll talk about this later, obviously, but it seems like every adaptation kind of leans one way or the other. Like, is it mm. leans into the ghost side of it or leans into the drama side of it? Or yeah. it doesn't seem to balance it out. But if you go back and read the book, it's like, oh, well, there it is. Well, I like the book. I mean, like, I like everything she wrote. And it's, like, mm. mostly because, like, she... I think we've talked a lot about how, like, I have a huge problem with, like, female psychosis. Uh-huh. And, like, whether or not like somebody's like actually like seeing ghosts or just being like a crazy bitch or whatever because like so many things i've seen lately it's just like you know like what oh like hereditary Mm -hmm. where i was like is she crazy is there really a cult and that just fucking like annoys the shit out of me but the reason i like shirley jackson so much like among several things is just that like there are things that like shirley jackson writes from like the point of view of a woman that are things that like I have definitely thought to myself that I know, like, 
everyone else has, but we would like most likely never talk about it like with each other. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying that one thing about reading The Haunting again that really struck me was that she puts a lot of her own experience into this novel. I think she does with all of her novels, but in this one, it's like the most literal. Like, she definitely puts a lot of herself into the main character, Eleanor. Yeah. And so it's really it's really authentic and it's really striking, the things that she goes through, the things that she thinks and feels, like... Even just, like, the little things or, like, when she leaves for the mansion and she, like, goes and she, like, gets herself a cup of coffee at a diner and she's, like, trying to, like, make conversation because she's, like, finally, like, getting out of her fucking house. Or, like, the part where there's, like, a scene in the book where, like, Theodora, like, paints her toenails and she's basically, like, I look like a fucking idiot. And it's, like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Well, okay, so let's... um, Let's go back for a second. The The setup of The Haunting of Hill House is basically there's this doctor named Dr. Montague who basically wants to research the paranormal. So he finds a house that's supposed to be haunted and he contacts a bunch of people who for one reason or another have been in some public record as having some experience with the paranormal or being sensitive or whatever. And of all the people he contacts, he gets two people who are Eleanor and Theodora. And then there's one representative from the family who owns the house, and that's Luke. So the four of them go to Hill House, and basically shit starts popping off. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's the setup. So, you know, of the characters, you have Dr. Montague, who's like this sort of bloviating doctor guy. Then you've got Eleanor who is really interesting. Um, She is basically this like really kind of like insecure, like unhappy person who runs away from her, her, from her family and steals their car to go to the study and doesn't really have anyone or anywhere to be. Her family's really shitty to her. Um, Theodora is kind of like her opposite, where she's like a successful. She's you know, like basically all of Eleanor's like repressed feelings. Yeah, as a person. Yeah, and she's both like they talk about how she's like really beautiful and she's successful and blah blah blah, and so she shows up and yeah, they're kind of like opposites of each other, and Luke is just kind of there. Yeah, he's just a guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. And oh, and so that's another thing too that, that's interesting that I didn't remember is that like Theodora is a lesbian. And that was interesting just because the time that the novel was, you know, released, which is 1959. And it's like, what, what's interesting about that is that like the three people who I guess are like part of this study, which is basically like Eleanor, Theodora, and Luke all sort of end up getting like intermingled in this weird way, like in Eleanor's mind. Yeah. Um, And that's like part of what makes the novel so interesting. And part of what makes the story so interesting is that like, and that's especially like later on in the book, it gets really weird and psychedelic where one minute Eleanor thinks that like, you know, everyone else is just like getting closer to each other without her. And then the next minute she's just like, you know, freaking out because she thinks, you know, the opposite, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. It's really, really cool. It is. I agree. <laughs> I'm only like two thirds of the way into it. Yeah. But I've re- I mean, like I've read it a thousand yeah. times. But that's what like, so when you start reading the book 
I mean, obviously we're kind of talking about it in the context of all the adaptations of it. When you start reading the book, it doesn't seem that far off from the adaptations in a lot of ways. Like it's just... Well, except for that last one. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem that far off. But then as the book pro- uh, progresses, I think the all the adaptations seem to get further and further away from the core of it, which in my mind yeah. is just Eleanor and like Eleanor just being yeah like just insecure and like freaking out but that's actually what makes the book so great because like you can really identify with this character who's just like having a hard time and doesn't know how to fit in with people and so well she's just been like living for other people forever mm -hmm. and her like first like venture into like being her own person is like going to stay in this fucking haunted house right which is unfortunate (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that that's what and so there's you know there's a lot, a lot of people have, you know, noted and Shirley Jackson herself has noted how it's a, a novel that's about sort of blending the drama of these characters with the supernatural elements. Um, apparently she was inspired by like reading um, a study from the Society for Psychic Research. That yeah. was basically people who had gone and stayed in a haunted house. And she sort of interpreted it as like, oh, this is actually just about these people's relationships. This isn't about yeah. the paranormal or anything. So she wrote her own version of that. There is a paranormal element to The Haunting of Hill House, but it ends up being like the less interesting part. Well, I think it just like, like all of her stuff, like the lottery, you know, Mm -hmm. like for example, like it's, I think like it kind of, like I think that like the scariest thing in the world is just like other people. Right. And I think that's why her shit is so good. Because yeah. it's like you can live in a haunted house, but if it's not with like somebody you trust or like someone who's not going to help you, then you're like extra fucked, you know? Yeah. Or like the lottery, the scariest thing was just that, like those people like yeah. did that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the most well-known works of Shirley Jackson are The Haunting of Hill House and The Lottery. Lottery is a, is a short story. You used to have to read it for high school English. I don't know if that's still a thing. I didn't. Oh. Maybe I just went to high school in the netherworld or something. But mm-hmm. uh, there's a the lottery is also a short story collection that's really really good, and that was is also something that you can easily find. It used to be in every used bookstore, like a ton yeah. of copies of it. It's either like high school or college, like English lit type of thing. You'd have to read. Yeah. Um, those are both really great. Um, but there's a there's a novel called We Have Always Lived in the Castle that I'm totally obsessed with. I think it's my favorite Shirley Jackson novel, but that novel is exactly what you're talking about as well. And I think it's interesting because in that novel, it's sort of set up as like the, the whole atmosphere of the book is really, really uncanny and it kind of makes you feel like it's like a haunted house story. And then she just totally flips the tables near the end. And yeah, it turns out that the, the enemy is just people being fucking horrible. True. I think haunting of Hill house is, kind of a more interesting mashup of that because like (laughs) i said there is a paranormal element which is cool because it makes it not a is she crazy story yeah (laughs) but it's also like it is about this woman just being in emotional distress like she's not crazy she just is like under a lot of pressure and in a weird situation well yeah like whatever happens is like whatever like me it's like the same thing that happens when you try to make yourself do anything after experiencing like some something shitty right but yeah, highly, highly, highly recommend this book. It's really, really fucking good. Yeah, or huh. any of her stuff. Yeah. And even well, her biography is good. Yeah. 
It's really fucking hard to get through. Yeah. Very sad. <laughs> yeah, she had... She was agoraphobic. Yeah, and she had a lot of health problems, and she was prescribed conflicting drugs. So she was yeah. on, like, uppers and downers at the same time. Prescription uppers and downers. And she drank and smoked a lot. And she died of, like, heart failure. Yeah, she was 48 when she died. Yeah. And she just died. Like, her body was just like, nope. Oh, my God. Can you imagine, like, what she would have done if yeah. she had lived longer? Because I think uh, We've Always Lived in the Castle is, like, her last complete yeah novel. and then there's a bunch of like short stories and shit right she left behind a, a pretty impressive <laughs> body of work but it's like yeah it's that thing where it's like her last novels like in my opinion are best and it's like if yeah, yeah if she had had the time to develop and i think that's all relevant because like i was saying i think when you read her stuff you can see that she puts herself into the characters yeah um and that like the sort of like despair of these characters or the awkward situations around they're definitely like supposed to be a part of their character mm-hmm. and who they are. Oh my god, there's a part in Hangs a Man that just like is so painful to get through. I think the Haunting of Hill House has a lot of really cool interpersonal like interactions between <clears throat> these characters too. Especially yeah. like I said, as it goes on and it gets like a little more psychedelic and just kind of out there, and she's just like you start to feel like the paranoia that she feels. Like yeah. when she comes up and sees two people talking, she's sort of instantly is like, Oh, are they talking about me? Yeah. What are they talking about? That's the about? shit I love. Yeah. Like, I was reading it at the fucking garbage laundromat today. And, like, that part Please about... <laughs> Sorry, I was reading it at the laundromat today because we had to go... I had to go do laundry at the laundromat. <laughs> but I was, like, reading it there. And, like, those are, like, the best parts when it's, like, the fear of, like, someone talking about you while you're right there. Or, like, doing... Like, trying a new thing and, like, feeling like you look stupid. And, like, that's... Well, I think she's so good. Yeah. And it's, once again, I mean, I think it's funny to go back to this novel. It's been, you know, years since I read it, and I've definitely seen adaptations of it more recently. And to see that that's actually the heart of the novel. That's actually what's yeah. interesting about it is that drama and those sort of feelings that she's really uniquely good at translating. Yeah. Which don't really come up at all in any, any of the adaptations. Yeah, I so, guess. You know? I don't know. I guess maybe like the 99 one, you can kind of get it. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's talk, should we talk about adaptations? Yeah. So the first one is a 1963 British horror film um, directed by Robert Wise. Um <laughs> Neither of us really like this that I much. I super don't care about it. I really don't even <laughs> want to talk about it. Well, I'll say that I'm not really a fan. I actually saw it when I was a kid, but that was also like my mom had told us. I think I've told this story on here before. But my mom had told us the story of The Haunting, and she made it so super scary. That, and like, then the movie was a letdown? The movie was a huge letdown. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Uh, people seem to really like it, which kind of surprised me i guess i had never like looked or like poked around on the internet before this to see what people thought of it people really like it um it's fine i think it's kind of goofy like the casting of eleanor and theodore is good but the casting of the doctor and luke is pretty terrible yeah. the doctor is really super like over the top and so is luke but he actually is not that far off from uh from Owen Wilson Wilson. (laughs) but like it just it's so 
like the most famous scene in the movie is a scene that's based on a scene from the book where they're all like hearing this knocking on the walls and the doors and they're trying to figure it out. And like in the 63 version, Luke is just like cracking jokes. He's like, well, I'll give you the house Gross. for cheap doctor. And it's like, uh. what? I don't know. I'm not really a fan. It's fine though. Like that scene does have some cool, you know, directing and editing stuff. And you know, it's from the sixties. It's well shot. It looks cool. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> I just really like the one from the 90s. Yeah. And I will fucking fight for it. I yeah. don't care. So many people hate it, but I think it's so good. I knew people didn't like this one, but I didn't know people really liked the 63 version. Because, so the, this, I think this is a good segue into talking about the 99 one and we can not talk about the 63 one. But I actually think they're really similar in their approach, which is that they were like, okay, here's the story. That's kind of a complicated drama what if we made it just like a haunted house attraction you know what i mean yeah and that's pretty much how i think the 63 one is it's just more subtle because anything is more subtle than ghost babies yeah that's true i fucking love those ghost babies though so fuck you (laughs) no i'm just saying like i it's it's funny that that was enough for people to be like this one's good and this one's bad i'm like genuinely kind of surprised by that because i think they're really similar yeah. Um, I mean, neither of them are like great, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But like, I I don't know. I just really love Lily Taylor. Yeah. So the one that we rewatched for this uh, is the 1999 version. Yeah. Um, With Lily Taylor and Liam Neeson and Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> And Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Oh, wow. I didn't fucking get that that was like, I thought maybe he just did that in like one movie or something. And that was just like a thing he did in one movie. But that is so fucking annoying. Yeah. We realized during this, he says, oh, wow, five times in this movie. In the first like 20 minutes. Yeah. And I looked it up and it's just an ad lib he does. And it's in every one of his movies. Why do people let him get away with that? He's like not even that good. It's like part of the thing. I guess they oh, hire him gross. for that. Yeah. Gross, gross, gross. Um, anyway, love the haunting. Very scary. <laughs> There's bones in a chimney. Thing. Oh, that's donut. I almost sprayed donut right in the face. Oh. Um Yeah, so the the nineteen ninety nine version is set up the same as the book and the sixty three yeah. version and then uh, kind of goes off the rails halfway yeah, through. But that's, I, I mean, like, yeah. in, like, a fun way, though. Yeah. You know, because that was, like, out around the same time as, like, all that shit, like, 13 Ghosts and, mm-hmm. like, Urban Legend and all those, like, super fun ones. Yeah. Where people were, like, just figuring out how to use, like, CGI really well. Yeah. <laughs> this movie, I don't know if this, <laughs> this uh, is not No, great. I think it's pretty good. Like, the part where they, like, break the window and then all the glass comes back and yeah. sprays her. No, I remember. Oh, I remember seeing this in 1999. I thought the CGI was amazing. Also, that reminds me. So in the last episode, I was talking about the theater where I saw this movie at. And I said that it had an arcade cabinet of Final Fight. I was corrected by our friend James Woodard. (laughs) That apparently is not real. I misspoke. It was an arcade cabinet of. um, I'll see now. I got to look of uh, Streets of Rage. Wow. Yeah. I've so. maybe never 
cared about anything less. <laughs> I got fact checked. That's okay. okay cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, so <clears throat> the standout in this movie is Lily Taylor as Eleanor. Like, yeah, Lily Taylor as anything is always a standout. Yeah. But the way she portrays that character in this movie is really good. And it's yeah. actually, I think, the closest you're going to get to that specific character. Yeah, like in the beginning when she's like trying to like stand up for herself against her like sister and her brother-in-law. And she mm-hmm. kind of like can't. Yeah. Even though she like is trying really hard. She just can't fucking do it. Right. Because she's just like never known anything other than taking care of her mom. Right. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah, like, the setup for her character is really good. And they also, like, so it's kind of a, I don't know. It's kind of, like, they set it up the same way in the book where the reader kind of knows that she's out on a limb. And then towards the end, she tells Theo, she's like, oh, I don't actually have anywhere to go. I don't have any family who would speak to me or anything like that. And the same sort of thing kind of happens in the movie. And, yeah, her character is really well done. Um, Yeah. And, like, it's also, like, she's just been, like, looking for a purpose the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then she goes to the house and she finds one. And it's to save all the children who died at the mill. <laughs> right. Well, Which and, is weird. Well, and see, that's what's even weirder is that, yeah, so they add this weird subplot about the guy who built the house, Hugh Crane, which is from the book. That's actually legitimately from the book. The guy yeah. who built the house uh, is named Hugh Crane. But in the book, it's just that he... So basically, he built this house for his wife, and then his wife died. And he had already been kind of weird and eccentric and had built this house where she talks about um, the the geometry doesn't make sense, the angles aren't right, everything's wrong. Yeah. So when you walk in, you just feel uneasy, and it's almost like being at sea. Um, your equilibrium is off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Then when his wife dies, he just goes nuts with it. So the house is really weird. It's set up so that if you go up to one place and like look out the window, you can't really see the correct angles and everything looks yeah. weird. The book also like directly references the Winchester house. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's in that sense, like the movie, this movie, the 99 one is actually really accurate in that they sort of took it and ran with it and made it look more like you were saying, like house on the rock. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because there's a carousel on the inside. Mm-hmm. Like at House on the Rock. A right. very scary place that a rich person built. Yeah. So it, it is, I mean, I thought that was actually a really interesting element of the story that I think this movie did a good job of highlighting. And yeah. so whenever they're going around exploring, you're like, this is really weird. It's like, oh, yeah, it's supposed to be weird. It's not just like gaudy, lean, and yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and... But the movie do, does add the fact that he's apparently an evil land baron who had a mill yeah. where a bunch of chil- children died. And, and they, they were, all were in his logbook as laborers. Yeah. Uh, and there's a really funny part where, I mean, it's not funny, but she's like, 12 years old, 10 years old, 10 years old, <laughs> yeah. 12 years old. And she's just like listing ages for like yeah. three minutes. <laughs> That's where the movie goes off the rails. And then the climax of the movie is her fighting Ukraine's ghost, which yeah. is really, it's really cool though. Yeah. But like the whole, the whole arc of it being that, yeah, like she doesn't have a purpose in life. She finds purpose in the house and like sacrifice herself. That is actually the same. Yeah. As the book. Yeah. 
that does actually follow the structure. There's just some kind of funny embellishment. And well, that's why I think the hunting with Ellie Taylor is like a decent adaptation because it's yeah. like I don't like it when movies are exactly like the fucking books that they're based on. Yeah. You know, totally. I just want I just want like a loose foundation. You know, yeah. so it was I mean, it was nice that they added like the weird mill stuff and like yeah. that kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. I also um love how low pitched uh, Lily Taylor scream is <laughs> so every time she yells, she's like, ah! <laughs> and I love it so much. Yeah, it's really good because she does that in the Conjuring a bunch too. When she yells, oh, her yeah, she's the mom I in the Conjuring. I forgot that she's in the Conjuring. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she didn't say anything too. Oh wow! She, you know, she didn't oh, say anything. Wow. She's like, oh my god, didn't say anything. She's like the woman with the guitar who just got broken up with. Yeah, and she's like really funny. Yes, I remember that yeah, now. She's cool. Yeah, she is cool as hell. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I I like this movie. Uh, it's once again, I mean, it's just a fun late nineties horror movie version of the Haunting of Hill House. But. And I guess my my defense of it too is that I don't really think the other adaptations are any closer to the book. Yeah. Like the, the 63 one is just is the most like quote unquote faithful, but it doesn't really nail the atmosphere, doesn't nail the characters. Yeah. I think like if someone was going to do that version, it would have to be pretty much perfect mm-hmm. for it to not suck. Yeah. And so I think this one was like, well, we're not going to get perfect out of Owen Wilson, so no. let's just add but Mel, it's also Mel like Biggies. in the book, Luke is such a fucking doofus anyway that it's like, why mm-hmm. wouldn't you pick Owen Wilson? Yeah, totally. You would put Owen Wilson in the movie just to watch his head get ripped off by a chimney flu, <laughs> which is what yeah, happened to him. And it was tight. Really weird. I fucking hate that guy, dude. I also like the pacing of this movie a lot, where like stuff is always happening, but shit doesn't really happen until like the last five minutes. So. Yeah. You really think everyone's going to survive, and then they you know, fucking don't. What's one thing I really don't like about that movie, though? The 99 one? Yeah. What? Is that you never get to see what kind of food the the caretaker makes. Oh, yeah. I would just, I would just like, dying to know. Yeah, because in the book, they just talk about how good it is. Yeah. But, like, I, like, that's, like, one of my favorite parts of the Harry Potter movies is, like, big, I, like, I just love, like, banquet stuff. I think I've, like, already talked about Did you this. ever read the Redwall kids fantasy no i want to read them now there's a lot of food porn <sighs> love it really extensive like love it a lot of scones yeah well <laughs> if yeah you like, are horny for scones have i got the book <laughs> in the for harry you? potter books they i love it because they like list all these weird foods and then i like look them up and see what they are yeah that's really fun for me yeah but the caretaker just like only cooks she like makes it really like clear that she's only there to like feed them food and then leave before yeah. it gets dark also i remember the guy who plays the caretaker in the 99 version is fucking bruce dern that's his name oh uh, yeah laura dern's dad that's crazy yeah he's in the burbs yeah i was like oh the guy from the burbs oh man i love the burbs but also laura dern's dad which is cool <sighs> i saw laura dern at the mall america once mm-hmm. when they were shooting uh wilson did you watch wilson with me yes Oh, it was good. That was a good movie. Um. Anyway, ninety nine, highly recommended. It's a fun, spooky view. It's also like not that scary. No. Like if you're a person who like can't watch horror movies, like I feel like you could still watch that movie. It's yeah. closest. I feel like it's uh like comparable to like Ghostbusters two. Yeah. Totally. So Shelly, um, Shelly, you can watch this. <laughs> well, to, yeah, to anyone who Shelly's gonna hear this and think she's going crazy. <laughs> yeah, 
Shelly. Is she crazy or isn't she? <laughs> it's me, your mom. Hello, Shelly. <laughs> um, no, it, it's also on YouTube. So You can watch in, it in 11 parts. In 11 you parts. You can get up and take 10 breaks. And we only got two commercials. Yeah. And they were all the same commercial that was and suggesting... And they were Halloween themed. Yeah, suggesting that you should do all your mobile banking while watching horror movies, which doesn't actually it seem like, like a good It says, like, get thing. spooked and, and bank. bank. What are spooky baskets? Have you seen this? No. Let me look it up. Okay. Spooky baskets are like an Easter basket, but for Halloween, UrbanDictionary.com says it's a gift basket typically made by a female for someone that has candy and movies in it. That's dumb. I like saw some shit on Instagram today where people were like, I made you a spooky basket. What the fuck, man? It's weird. If Halloween becomes a gift holiday, I will lose my fucking brain. <laughs> like, it will just, like, liquefy and, like, pour, like, out of my eyes. I will be so upset. Unless it replaces Christmas. Unless it replaces Christmas. And we just have, like, a three-month-long Halloween. Spooky time. Yes. I'd be down with that. Anyway, where's my spooky basket? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Sorry. You know what I would want in my spooky basket? What? Nothing but a promise that I never have to go to the laundromat again. Oh my god. <laughs> the true haunted house? The true haunted house is the City Coin Laundry on 24th and Lindale Avenue. Yeah. Where every time I go, somebody asks me for help with their laundry. And today, a woman asked me to put her laundry in the machine after I took mine out. And when I said no, she got really pissed. Nice. Fuck you, lady. This is enough that I have to get on the floor to jam all my like wet towels into a dryer fuck that I'm never going on a Sunday ever again yeah I would rather true. wash my clothes in the bathtub <laughs> yeah than, we like, should have done that actually oh Jesus anyway Haunting 99 very tight Shirley Jackson very tight now not tight <laughs> well okay no that's a fine segue I feel yeah well no you do yours no, I don't have one. I just don't even know how to start with this. So. I don't know either. Here's what I think. So we just finished Haunting of Hill House. On Apparently, Netflix, it's the new so Netflix scary. TV show it's that so everyone scary. is horned up for. Everybody's so horny for it. I read a bunch of articles today that people are like throwing up and like can't sleep. I would throw up at how fucking boring it was. Jesus Christ. Here's the deal. They should have fucking called it something else. Yeah. That's what pisses me off. So to come around to our re oft-repeated point that we're not going to stop repeating probably ever, which is that if you do an ad a quote-unquote adaptation of something and it moves so far from the original idea, you are now just inspired by it and you don't have yeah. to fucking give it the same title. I know. You don't have to soil a perfect reputation. Yeah. Gross. Well, so the new Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, the setup is that, well, it's a totally different fucking setup. So basically there's this family who are called the Cranes yeah. who move into Hill House. Which One of them is named Shirley. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they move into Hill House, which the parents are going to rehab 
Um, there's five children for some reason. There's 500 children and the parents are like house <laughs> that, flippers in like the five. 80s, which I think like maybe wasn't a thing. Or in the 90s. In the 90s. Um, and the mom was like an architect. Isn't she an architect? Yeah. Yep. And the dad's just like a handyman. A handyman, I guess. You can buy a fucking mansion that's like so big it has like caretakers. Yeah. And they can um, also support their five children. Right. And their so, 500 children. Basically, well, they lived there for one summer. During that summer, their mom died and a bunch of spooky shit happened. But everyone is either unclear about what happened or refusing to talk about it. So they've basically... It cuts between that time and the current time when they're all adults. Um, their relationships with each other are all bad. Everybody's traumatized yeah. by this one summer. And so the show cuts, um, what? What? Oh, audio just like jumped really hard. Uh, Uh-oh. Uh, it's fine. Um, Is it haunted? Yeah. The haunting of chill house. <laughs> the haunting hour. Um, but so everyone's like traumatized by this thing that happened and the show cuts back and forth between the current time and the summer that it happened. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of like I think that as a setup I like the the time setup like I like that you don't know what happened and that it cuts back and forth and kind of slowly reveals what happened I don't like that they made them a family I I think it's weird and fucked up I just like hated this so much yeah well I liked it at the start I liked it at the start and then it just went off the fucking rails and it was like what the fuck are you doing a, I hate it when there's like a huge cast and there's not one fucking sympathetic character. Yeah. I didn't feel bad for anyone. You know, you have to have somebody to root for. And I didn't have fucking anybody to root well, for. And what's funny is that I think the character who's closest to that is Nell, Eleanor, yeah. who uh, has the least screen time. Yeah. And I feel like kind of the least to do. And she's also the only one who can like fucking like quarter of the way act. Yeah. And so it's weird then that the show definitely centers itself more on Shirley, who's the oldest sister, who's awful. And Steven, who's the oldest brother. Yes. Who's even also awful. He's worse. He, the actor who plays him is also just really funny because like. He's like every person i've ever seen well he's generic in a way that makes him look like he could be a silent hill protagonist which i said immediately when we he looks like a whole line of guys at starbucks in the skyway like melted down into like one super douche (laughs) and like came out as this guy yeah and he's i don't know if he's bad at acting or i just hate the way he talks no he's bad at acting everyone on that show is like a terrible actor i hate the way he talks uh, yeah. It you know why? Nuts. Because that's the voice that men use when they're explaining things to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the voice sure. of a man who thinks that he's above you. Like, I'm sure he's a great guy. Whatever. Good for him. Congrats on your show. But you know what? Also, fuck you. Because, like, okay, I'm just going to do spoilers because I don't give a fuck. You know, like, it's been out for, like, a week. If you're going to watch it, you should have already finished it by now. Well, it's been one week. What's <laughs> 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 Oh, I was going to say maybe we could just kind of move towards that because my biggest problem with the show is how it ends. But there's other stuff to talk about. Yeah, but there's other stuff to talk about it. So whatever. Let's just talk about what happened. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So 
the mom commits suicide in the house and everybody's pissed at the dad because like he took them away in the middle of the night yeah and she killed herself right everybody's really shitty to the dad of the family who was maybe actually the only one that i felt a little bit bad for yeah so he like goes back and like reunites with them all like after nell dies because nell goes back to the house and she dies right and that's not really much of a spoiler because that's kind of what kicks off as in like the the first episode yeah. yeah the the thing that kicks off the whole movement of the plot is that nell goes back to the house and seemingly kills herself yeah um in the house um so then like whatever everybody's an asshole everybody's like fighting at the funeral whatever it's like spooky like six feet under basically it's like a cheesy fucking family drama like i like some of the shit was like relatable but it's also like this is not okay i'm just like getting pissed off like as i talk because i just like hated it so much the thing that makes shirley jackson so fucking perfect is that everything she does is subtle yeah you know and this show was so fucking like stupid and everything was so blatant and everybody was so over the top and so ridiculous and like there's like jump scares which i feel like aren't really suitable for something with shirley jackson's name on it they should have just fucking called it something else because it is like repulsive to me that they would try to like piggyback on her name with something that sucked as bad as this did no, I, I, I agree 100%. I think if I was going to break down the show, I would say the horror side of it is, like you said, jump scares. And the drama side of it is a family drama. But the problem is that it's not well written and it's not very no. well acted. We okay. noticed. We noticed. <laughs> okay, so we started freaking out about the writing because we noticed, especially, I think it's somewhere, once you get like about six episodes in, you realize that. Wow, people only speak in monologues. No fucking wonder you guys don't like each people other. People <laughs> only speak in monologues and litanies and sometimes both. So they're either monologuing each other and or they're just listing stuff. It's honestly like a fucking like teenage tumblr person from like five years ago right yeah this fucking show it'll be someone to be like and i felt the pain and the grief and the sorrow and the ev- like yeah. it'll just keep and then once you notice it you're it's, like holy fuck it and especially the last two episodes it's yeah. like it's literally like someone reading their grocery list to you it's so fucking bad it's crazy and there's like a massive like voiceover at the end which i fucking hate oh they go fucking cuckoo for cocoa yeah. puffs with the voiceovers it's like 30 dude. minutes long the voice o- no the whole series yeah. is voiceover yeah. frenzy <sighs> it's just written so it's poorly. crazy and it's like so they all end up like at the end like back in the house like in like this room they've been trying to get open forever and then they're like realizing that the room is like actually just like where they had all it was like their safe space basically that the house had created for them and it was like draining their life force away every time they were in there because the house was like feeding off them whatever fine but the thing that was like so annoying is that they all like wake up after their dead fucking sister pulls them out of their nightmares and like they're all in this room while their brother is like ODing on rat poison which for some reason the house could also conjure a syringe and squirt rat poison in his arm <laughs> yeah so he's like foaming at the mouth like bloody foam and whatever and then like when they like get him to like like now like wakes him up and brings it back whatever 
And then he starts giving a speech and he's like dying. Yeah, he's, he's actually foaming he's at actually the foaming at the mouth giving a monologue. Well, and so, it's like shut up. That's like the thing that sucks about this show is that it has potential and I think like there were parts of it where I thought like the ghosts looked cool or like some of the scares were kind of cool. And I also felt that the overall, like the plot points were actually pretty good. Like some of the big reveals are like, or in small reveals are like, Oh, that's cool. But as the show goes on, the pace of them is horrendous. So it's like, you're getting one or two of those per episode, but the episode is an hour long and 50 minutes of it is monologues or yeah. like really boring scenes between two to four characters. And and the acting is just like so fucking good. bad. I said to you, I think like during like the last couple episodes, I was like, you know, why I don't like this. And Ellie was like, why? And I was like, this is like watching a fucking high school speech meet. Because yeah. like, that's what it's like. Yeah, the bad. It's like people like, oh, I'm going to give it my everything. And it's just like, they're overpronouncing stuff. The monologues are like, out of control i think it would have been better suited as just like a family drama you know yeah i think it needed to be or well, at least just not have charlie jackson's fucking name on it well yeah and this is actually what's, what's funny is that i am about to say exactly what i said about hereditary which was like if it was a lot shorter and more concise it would be a lot better. I mean, yeah. I think if a lot of scenes have been cut and tightened up, and in this case, yeah, if it hadn't been called The Haunting of Hill House, it would have, or The Haunting, or whatever it's called, um, it would have been more tolerable. Yeah. But I still, it's just, it's just not good, ultimately. The lady who played the mom was on fucking Wayward Pines last <laughs> oh, time I God. saw her. We should have known. And the worst fucking X-Files character, Monica Reyes, was also on that show. Fuck, man. Yeah. God, played ourselves. Also, so, major spoiler, but, like, everybody, like, fucking hates their dad in this movie. They, like, hate their dad so much. And then during flashbacks, you see that the mom, like, the night that they, like, pulled everyone out of the house, she poisoned like the caretaker's daughter with rat poison she fucking mm-hmm. dies yeah. and it's like two of them were in the room and knew that and they were still just being like pricks forever yeah it's also like wouldn't there be like even if they didn't know at some point it'd be like oh by the way your mom like poisoned this little girl i mean no yeah. like sane person does that nobody who like has their shit together is gonna like poison the fucking neighbor kid well, and that's what's crazy, too, is that the more it goes on, the more you realize that, like, whatever point it was trying to make, which I think maybe was something, like, just really fucking cheesy, like, it's this, the secrets we keep that drive They're us apart. They're all just a bunch of little assholes. Yeah, that's, it's ultimately the, the stakes that they put into it and the scenario they set up. It's like, this actually doesn't make sense. No. Like, it, this doesn't make sense that this would have been kept a secret. The, the whole scenario, the last night... There's two last nights at Hill House, like the one in the past and the one in the current day. Neither of them make sense. They're full of weird plot holes. Um, And it's just like, it's just really ridiculous. I think like the mom killing the little girl is a major plot hole. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, so you wanted like your mom to like kill this little girl and then like your dad to like leave you there so you guys can drink rat poison too. (laughs) Like what the fuck? Yeah. You know, and you know that Steve knew that because he wrote a whole fucking book on it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, 
I would take his money. I would absolutely uh, take so his money. So that's an early conflict in the show is that the oldest brother wrote a book about Hill House and got really rich and famous from it. And then he offered everyone in the family money and it was like half and half people took it or turned him down. And it drove a huge wedge between him and the oldest sister, Shirley. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Oh, and the cop from the Scream TV show is on this show also. Yeah. <laughs> The real cast of characters. I think the the thing too. <clears throat> so I actually read between the so it's ten episodes and between the ninth and watching the ninth and tenth episode, I read the whole novel, yeah. which was really. I mean, I don't know. I was already kind of over the show, but after that, I was I was just totally fucking down on it because it just really seems like it totally destroys like the the feel and the purpose of the original novel. Like I think I would have been fine with it if they just wouldn't have called it that. Like I'm okay with sort of weird radical adaptations of something if it preserves like the original idea and the original feel of it. And this one doesn't at all. <clears throat> and I once again, I mean I think I kind of alluded to this earlier, but I hate that they made them a family cuz yeah. to me and and you know, kind of in Shirley Jackson's own words like the purpose of the haunting of Hill House was to show how, you know, people's relationships with each other can be misconstrued and create all of this like horror. But a lot of that too, like because you know the way it's set up and everything, some of that definitely had to do with like you know people's like sexual relationships with each other and like yeah. this weird kind of like love triangle thing that happens. And it's like making them a family just removes all of that, and instead just you have to replace it with this like family regular dr- family tension. Yeah, which, which is, is like boring. It's in this case it's really boring. I think in a lot of cases it would just be boring and it sort of moves you back into hereditary world, which like we talked about with that movie where it's like I wish you would have just made a better drama yeah. instead of trying to balance and these instead two of things. trying to like drag you through a bunch of shit and then give you like a gigantic voiceover to wrap everything up. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, so I actually, at some point watching the show, I got really fucking annoyed and I started making a list of references to the original novel mm-hmm. um, because they make a fuck ton of references and the more references they made to it, the more it like pissed me off because it has nothing to do with the original novel and it's so far from the spirit of it that the references just feel like totally throwaway. Like just somebody read the book before they wrote the, or during the writing yeah. of like the script or the screenplay or something and just shoehorned in all these references. Yep. So like a lot of the, the characters have many of the same names. They have many of the same traits. So like there's like the cup of stars thing, which is really just um, Eleanor's in the book and all the other movies. It's her way of saying that she doesn't want to give into society. There's the Eleanor come home thing which in the original story is really creepy because yeah. it's like the house saying you belong here. And in this one, it's a throwaway. Does, nothing happens. The color of rooms. So in all the original versions of the story, they sleep in bedrooms with different colors. And in this one, the red yeah. room is like this like MacGuffin mystery box thing in the house. Um, all the stories about raining rocks, the rocks in the greenhouse, the name of the cranes. Um, the fact that Luke tries to burn down the house, which he at least yeah. suggests or tries in every version of the story. Um, and then in the last episode, the worst is when they they make a weird reference to a couple different like songs that are in the book, which is one is this folk ballad about the Groton murders. And yeah. the other one is uh, Journey's End with Lover's Meeting, which Eleanor says yeah. in the book a bunch of times. Uh, wait, can we also address how like... The fucking ghost flapper? The... Well, the ghost flapper, which was weird. 
Well, like, I don't know why she had such, like, a heavy role in everything. Out of nowhere, she's the fucking, Lead like... ghost? <laughs> uh, yeah, out of nowhere, she's the, like, Freddy Krueger of this story, and she goes around uh, yeah, finger-punching like, everybody, <laughs> Bapping everybody into the I was, like, zone. screaming. I was actually screaming, what? what? Like, when she was, I was like, gonna this say, is so dumb. Can we talk about how Nell was haunted by her future dead self her whole life? And then it was, like, never addressed. Yeah, like... Like, Nell was the bent neck lady. Yeah, And for so, some reason could, like, foresee her own death. Yeah, and that's actually... And there was, like, weird time shit that was happening with her, but not with anyone else. Yeah, there's some weird time loop stuff, and that was actually one of the cooler ideas in the show, And then, which, like you said, they totally drop. Yeah. Like, all the really cool ideas they throw out in this show just get dropped. And the last episode is the most fucking interminable boring garbage fire it ends with a montage set to like a generic folk song yeah. uh it's just like fucking awful what a bummer dude well and it's like i think the first four or five episodes are good yeah but uh, then it's just like oh fuck. it's so crazy remember how excited i was too because you texted me and you're like Guess what's on Netflix tonight? And I was like, um, bitch, I've had a countdown on my phone for like the last like month and a half. And then like I was like, ooh, fun. And then like by like episode five, I was like, I want this to be over. You checked out before I did for sure. Yeah. But by episode seven, I was like, this is trash, I think. And I don't know. It's just really weird too. Yeah, like there's some cool ideas. There's also some big plot points that all just get kind of like swept under the rug like they're super last minute or throw in it's like yeah why that was actually a really interesting point or that wasn't actually a really interesting thing to like elaborate on yeah. why did you just like the time stuff you know the time stuff or is like cool, yeah. who's fucking aunt janet like what were their lives like when they were with her you know yeah was now still like dealing with all this shit was like theo still as sensitive like what you know, it's like fucking like the missing years of Jesus. Yeah. You know, well, it's like they like just come where, back when they're like ready to die. Why they never answer why they weren't with their why dad. Why they weren't with their dad. Yeah. And then like at the end, they kind of try to allude to it with like the whole scene of him staying with the house. Um, yeah. And it just doesn't make sense. Uh, it, there's, an, there's a lot of nonsense at the end. There's a lot of feel-good nonsense, which is really weird because the ending of all the other movies is not feel-good. No. Like, even... Okay, so... Uh, dude, mega spoil. Let's just sprinkle some spoiler all yeah, on every yeah. version. This is the spoiler zone. In the original novel, Eleanor slowly realizes that the house wants her to stay and she realizes that her life is fucking awful and she doesn't care. Yeah. So after a night where shit goes really haywire and they're getting haunted by the house and Eleanor, like she's running around banging on everyone's doors, which is like my favorite part of the whole book. They all agree. Everyone in the house agrees that she has to leave. Um, so they have one of the guys who's there, like bring her car around and they're literally like pushing her into her car. And she's like, I don't want to go. I want to stay. You guys are my friends and I like being here and I don't want to leave. And then they force her to leave. And so she just fucking crashes her car and kills herself at the gate. She doesn't even leave, which is a crazy fucking ending. That is a badass ending to a book. Okay. So the 63 version has the same ending. The 99 version has the wacky fighting ghosts version Mm -hmm. of that ending. And she dies for 
no visible reason. Well, she fought a ghost so hard that she died. Yeah, but Jesus. Yeah. Well, because she's like alive and she's like, oh, I did it. There go the children to heaven. And she's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's that whole scene is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, oh, she's like, the, the ghost <laughs> version of, of her is also like, so there's like a lot of, I mean, not amazing special effects in that movie, but yeah. for the time they all look good. There is one that just looks bad, which is her spirit getting up out of her body. Yeah. It's really weird looking. <laughs> she's like, well, time to go. Um, but so she sacrifices herself to save the house and everyone in it and all the spirits trapped there. And actually the, the very last scene in that movie is kind of amazing. We were like, what the fuck? Cause they just walk out of the house yeah, and there's like a headless body. Um, Eleanor, just like the house is like destroyed. The house is destroyed and there's two <laughs> dead bodies in there and they don't tell the caretakers that. And the dude yeah. leaves his car there and they just like, everyone leaves their cars there and they're just like, well, fuck it. And just walk yeah. out into the countryside, which is very rude. Kind of in- incredible, but it's not a feel good ending. Like, no. And so it was weird to see then that this version being the fourth version of this story decided to go with a feel-good ending and it's not only out of character and makes no sense it also just like goes against a lot of the minuscule character development that they've tried to seed into the show yeah because like i was under the assumption that the house was evil yeah you know so it's like why would you be happy when like your dad dies and now he's in the house with you or like why would you be happy when your daughter dies and now she's in this evil house with you forever i mean like i know like the house had like possessed her at that point but it's also like i don't know just the way they picked and choose you know because like right because well because so yeah they they show the dad stain and he's kind of reunited with his wife and his daughter now and then everyone else goes back to their lives and so it's like steven gets back with his estranged wife and then shirley decides to be honest with her husband that she, she cheated on she him, cheated on him and then even though she was mad that he was taking checks from her brother right just stupid and then uh the, the, <laughs> the one that really threw me besides the three of them are like oh we're happy now we just chill in this fucking haunted house full of ghouls like the yeah. last scene of it is a bunch of ghouls yeah also why do they get that nice room and all the ghouls that don't have rooms dude it's america <laughs> but so the one that made no fucking sense is theo who is now like is now dating like her, her weird, one night stand. Yeah, her weird one night stand who she is super fucking cruel to and that person should just been like fuck you i don't yeah. deserve this but, but she showed up at her sister's funeral yeah but then she also just like takes off her gloves that she wears so she doesn't yeah. have to like feel everyone else's emotions and stuff and so it's like wait do you just did you just turn your powers off because you're happy you know like yeah it's just so weird where it's like if you watched the first five episodes or four episodes and you saw the setup of the whole show and you were wondering where it was going and you were invested in these characters. And Don't the, be. Well, yeah. <laughs> but to see that as the ending, it was just like, what in the actual fuck? Yeah. Also, there's no such thing as a happy ending in a Shirley Jackson story. And that's why I fucking love that shit. Well, and so what was interesting is that while we were watching the show, I was actually thinking, I was like, well, they're going to at least fucking pull the... So the ending of the book is like pretty iconic. It's like just a paragraph. It's the same as the beginning of the book. And that's kind of the point is that 
whatever happens doesn't matter because Hill House is going to keep standing and it's this sort of like endless evil. Yeah. Um, it's actually like a really cool like bit of Lovecraftian horror that and like the description of the house as having this like sort of cursed geometry is like really cool like Lovecraftian element. And so in this in the show, I was like, okay, well, everyone's happy and boot up, but like, yeah, at least they're gonna have a fucking voiceover of Stephen Crane being like, and it's still around and spooky, and they yeah. didn't. Nope, that they're was just like, the ending of chill. it. Yeah, and it's covered in gasoline because Luke was gonna burn it down. Yeah, remember so they only like hey, it's covered in gasoline. Did oh, they ever yeah. get their <laughs> father's body out? Oh, and then Did the they Dudleys? just leave in there. <laughs> the Dudleys just walk in and die. Oh, yeah, because it was their daughter who the mom poisoned. Also, why would they fuck with those people at all? Yeah, so their daughter is a ghost who they hang out with because the mom, the Mm, crane mom, killed their daughter. And so they kept watching over the house because their dead daughter was there and they wanted to still see her. At the end of the show, apropos of nothing, without any explanation, they both just run in and die in the house so they can be ghosts in the house and hang out with their daughter. Well, yeah. We did it. And it's like, um, yeah. cool. It's so weird. Like, did they, like, keep working there? Yeah. Also, like, who pays them? I don't know. Yeah. And, like... The in, money in the show makes no sense. No, it doesn't. What is and this that's, fantasy world? So that's another thing, too, that I like a lot in the novel is that in the novel, they talk about the backstory of Hill House. They talk about Ukraine kind of building this weird Winchester house-like structure for his wife, his wife dying. And then it passes from kind of like family, like branch of the family to branch of the family. So there's a one point, like two sisters live there. They fight over it. But then the one who ends up owning it passes it along to someone she's not related to. So it is really like this curse that gets passed down from person to person. Who would have been the caretakers before that family? You know, because they wouldn't have been around when that flapper was around. Yeah, I don't... You know, know. if it's a notoriously haunted house, how do you, like, get anyone to work there? Well, and that's, like, that's the thing is it's kind of interesting in the novel. And I also think there's a little bit of this in the 99 movie that it's basically, like, the people who take care of it, the Dudleys, like, they don't... Yeah, they don't necessarily have this history with the house. They're just the ones who take care of it. And they're kind of like townies and it's almost like they take care of the house so that the evil of the house doesn't spill over into town. Like it's very much like this. Yeah. We keep it contained. But in this one, they're so interwoven in it that, yeah, you start to have all these questions about like, but then they just, uh, they just walk in and die, which is pretty fucking metal. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, she finally quit smoking. (laughs) uh anyway i mean that show is pretty at least the production value is good the yeah the production value seems like insanely like well funded but some of the ghost design and and some of the the scares is cool no i i would say overall it's pretty fucking garbage you should read the book and if you want a fun like spooky october movie to watch the 99 version is great Mm -hmm. for that yeah. Um, but the book is the book, and yeah. Otherwise, life is just a series of disappointments, so I'm not shocked. Damn. But real shit. As soon as you leave tonight, I have some catching up to do on Riverdale. Yeah, Monica just tore open a package of Riverdale buttons. 
and is now playing with them. Well, I uh, I just want to put them away. I'm trying to clean the table. I'm trying to do something nice. Never again. Oh my god. Okay. So anyway, read some Shirley Jackson. Yeah. Don't watch this stupid show. Yeah, if you haven't read Shirley Jackson... What are you doing here? Haunting of Hill House is great. Idiot. The Lottery Short Story Collection is great. We have always lived in the castle. I like Hangs Man. Yeah. Oh, also, P.S. There's a new Ransom Riggs book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Series. It's called is, Map of Days. Series is going to keep going. It's the fourth book in the Miss Peregrine series. Yeah, that's a cool series. I also really recommend that. I like those books. I like the movie, too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of in the same vein. I really vein. loved the movie. I, I think it it's good. in the same vein as this, at the like 99 Haunting, where it's yeah. like, yeah, it's not as it's nuanced fun. and it's goofy, but <laughs> it's good. I thought the Miss Peregrine movie was scary. It was kind of spooky. Yeah. Samuel L., great villain. Yeah, otherwise, um, I've just been listening to Jagged Little Pill and Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll be back soon. That's, it, that's are, your, your Halloween. Halloween's a really big week for us. Halloween recommendations are literally Jagged Little Pill and Sweetener by Ariana Grande. Yeah. What? <laughs> Nothing. Jagged yeah, Little Pill is fucking good, dude. Spooky as hell. I mean, it's not spooky. It's like are you weird. Sure? I mean, it's scary that all those songs about about uh, are about uh, Dave Coulier. Yeah, that's it's pretty it. spooky. <laughs> um, otherwise, um, the Sabrina show comes out soon. I think. Oh yeah, that does. Come I think out that's soon. next week or this week. I think it's like October twenty seventh. I'm yeah. excited for that. That's gonna be cool. I don't think that'll be as much of a fucking like terrible letdown for me because I love well, Karen Shipka and she was so good in uh, Black Coast Daughter. I don't know how closely related they are, but I do know that like Riverdale and the reboot of the comics are related. And I didn't read the reboot of Archie, but I did read the first few issues of the reboot of Sabrina, and it was really fucking cool. Yeah, I read those, and they're really scary. Riverdale is, like, mm-hmm. pretty much just, like, the names of the Archie characters, and that's it. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I'm curious to see it, because I know it's, like, part of this whole... You're curious to see Riverdale? No, Sabrina. Oh. Because I know it's part of this whole sort of, like, rejuvenation of the brand, and like I said, yeah. I really... But, like, the... the way they rebooted What's it called? Sabrina, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? Yeah. The comics are, like, scary. Yeah, they actually made it, like, a real deal horror thing, yeah. which I thought was really cool. And, I mean, they're probably not going to do it with the show, but even if it's just, like, I darker, bet they do. Yeah, it's I mean, supposed awesome. to be really scary. I would love that. I mean, Have I'm Have you seen the trailer? See no, no. I haven't. What the fuck are you talking about, then? I, I don't know. I like to go into stuff blind. I don't. I went into ha- this Haunting of Hill House blind. And didn't help. I did not had countdowns. Also, that director is uh, maybe going to... I think he's directing uh, Dr. Sleep. Who is? The guy who made the Honey Mill House. Ugh, yeah, there's enough recovery talk in there for me to believe he's directing fucking Doctor Sleep. Yeah, sorry. <sighs> yeah, well, I Anywho, have mixed feelings about that fucking... It's good. Happy Halloween! <laughs> I've just been playing a lot of old <clears throat> horror video games, which are cool. Mm-hmm. I'm playing this one called Obscure. That's cool. Oh my god, are you shitting me on that name right now? No, it's called Obscure. Oh my god, fucking murder me. No, it's cool. I told someone I told you about it. It's like a 1999 high school movie, but yeah. a horror version. It has like really bad pop punk in it and everything. I love it. That's cool. Oh yeah, I bought it. Tell you Max Sunday ticket. Yeah, see? You're on my level. And then still playing Fail Frame too. Yeah. 
but we played a little bit of that together. It was scary. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. All right. Um, as always, you can follow us on Instagram at Demon Daddies Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email us demondaddies at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Follow our Facebook that I don't update. <laughs> I'm sick of Facebook because I don't care what you do with your life. True. Um. Yeah. We just ended everything.